Hey everybody, welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. My name is Ralph. Uh, today is another short one. Um, so uh, a few years ago, I guess more of a decade now, when I was going through a really tough time, uh, I was talking to a therapist and I highly recommend therapy for those of you. I mean, I grew up in a time when mental health was seen as kind of a stigma and only weak people went to therapists, psychiatrists, or psychologists, or, um, and uh, thankfully, a lot of that stigma has disappeared and changed, and I have been to therapy a number of times, I guess three separate times with three separate therapists, and each time it's only lasted a handful of times, um, and uh, felt better, definitely, from all those experiences. Anyway, this one time I was going through a really tough time, and uh, the therapist said a range of things to me, some of which I still carry around. Uh, but uh, at one point, she said, look, in 100 years, you and everybody you know will be dead and none of this matters. And uh, at first I was shocked <laughs> saying something. So uh, I guess I took it as um, improper to say, to bring up death when I was already feeling bad. Uh, but then I, I realized that, first of all, she was right. And secondly, that that sort of struck a chord with me in a way that other things she had said hadn't. And I assume we're all different. Uh, that, you know, some of you will hear that and go like, well, that seems weird. And, but anyway, I, I thought it was improper. And then I had this kind of existential crisis. Uh, like, no, I, that can't be. I'm going to somehow beat the odds. I'll be the one because, you know, we're all living in a matrix and I'm the main character. So I'll be the one that figures it out or something, uh, whatever fiction one tells oneself uh, to sort of distance the idea of mortality because we're all most of us trying to distance that sense as a kind of an interesting aside. That's one thing why. You know, older people especially will take on new projects because there's this feeling of like, well, we can't die in the middle of a big pros, pro, pro, you know, um, project. Um, this is not fair somehow. Uh, it's comforting. Anyway, uh, she said that to me, and I and I had this existential crisis, and um, but then slowly I realized she was right, and then it made me think of um, Humphrey Bogart's line in Casablanca to uh, um, Ingrid Bergman when he says, look, the, the concerns of two people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy mixed up world. And I was like, that's true. Now, I'm not like a, a, a relativist. I don't think that, you know, just because someone's had a harder life than someone else doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should get over it. You know, like the, when I was a kid, my mother would say, eat your peas because there are children starving uh didn't make me eat my peas any better and it's the same thing like you know 99.9999999 percent of the 117 billion people that have ever existed on this planet would change places with you in a heartbeat but that doesn't mean you know it doesn't help you pay your rent uh so i'm not i don't i i'm i'm not saying that but there is there is some something a contextualization that happened you know, put it into a certain con context for me and um and i started started enjoying this idea because you can see this in two ways like it, it can be an existential crisis it can fill you with dread of like well what's life all about then if i if i'm here and I, and I exist for a while and then i'm gone what's the point of everything and um 
anyway, uh, and, and then there are the Stoics, right? The, the Stoics of the Greek and Roman Stoics, not not the small S, but the capital S Stoic. And they have this expression, memente more, remember death. And Cato, who was uh, one of the leading Stoics, is apocryphally, I'm sure, would, would go to bed every night and say, you know, kiss his wife and say, well, that was a good life. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, oh, it was great. Uh, that's it. Uh, bye, everybody. And he'd wake up in the morning and say, oh, I get a whole new day. It's a gift. And, uh, you know, it's kind of flippant, but I, I see that now. Right? Well, I see it. I try to live my life that way. Like, not that, uh, you know, every day is an exorable march towards death, but every day is a gift. Oh, I get a, I get the whole day. I wasn't expecting this. I try to think of it that way. And uh, you know, there's this other tradition. I don't know who started this, uh, but he created a calendar. Like like I think it has uh, on a sheet of paper. It's, I think it has like 40 rows. Uh, sorry, 40 columns and 100 rows. And basically, it's the number of weeks you're going to live, which is about 8,000. That's about 80 years, roughly. And every week you cross one off, and it helps. I, I guess, I mean, I know I mean, these things would have struck me a decade ago or two decades ago as very morbid as like somehow a fascination or a, a love of death, you know, uh, necrophilia, but not that way, but a, a loving of death or, you know, giving it power over you. But it seems in that tradition and in my experience that the more you think about it, the less power it has. I'm much less afraid of death now than I used to be, at least the concept of being dead. I'm terrified of the process of dying or how my death will impact the loved ones around me. But as Jane Goodall says, you know, if you die and there's nothing, well, that's not bad. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there was nothing before me. I don't have any memory of my life before I have, and having no memory of my life after doesn't seem so bad. But anyway, in a hundred years, we'll all be dead and none of this matters. Can fill one with existential dread, just like Memente Mori can, or crossing the number of days or weeks you've lived off on a calendar, marching down to the day you die. But the literature shows that people who ruminate on their death, and I think about it a lot, and I thought I was unique in that process, in that thing, like we all think we're unique in everything. But it turns out, oh no, I'm reading all kinds of philosophers and psychologists, and, and they all are the same. And the literature suggests that people think more about their demise uh, are much more accepting of it and, 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 and are less fearful of it. Um, because there's this expression about there's one thing to be afraid of death, but it's much worse to be afraid of living. And I think once you, or my feeling is that once you accept death as a process that will inevitably happen, it sort of opens up life a bit more. And that's been my feeling. So I think... I approach 100 years from now, I'll be dead and none of this matters as kind of not a not a, a you know a pass to do whatever I want, but a much more like, well, well, if that, you know, if, if it's that kind of fleeting, you might as well have a good time. Right. I mean, you know, you might as well live your best life, do what you can uh, embrace every moment because it's over so fast. And, uh, you know, I mean, talking cosmically in the grand scheme of, you know, a 14 billion year old universe, you know, we're point zero 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 zero. I don't know how many zeros percent of that time will be in existence. So go out and have a good time because the alternative, I mean, if we're talking like a binary dichotomy 
is to be fearful and then try to, I guess, eke out every second you can, always afraid to do things. And I don't want to live that way. So 100 years from now, we'll all be dead and none of this matters. Fills me with a sense of, huh? well, we're all in the same boat. Let's just go and, and live our best life and, and, and try to leave the world a little bit better than when we found it. And that kind of purpose gives me, brings me happiness and joy in a way few other things can. Anyway, that's my time for today. I hope you all have an excellent week and we'll see you all next time here on Deserts of Plenty. Bye.